everyone, welcome back to episode four of Slacks with me, Darina, Mallory, and Mathilde. I feel like we might need to apologize in advance for the um, state of our collective voices today. Everyone's either a little bit hungover, a little bit ill, or a little bit tired. I think we're all tired. You're Just ill. a little tired. I, I'm, I'm a little coldy. You're a little coldy. Yeah. What's your excuse? I did not sleep very well. Neither did I. Mm. That's all right. We have the rest of the day to just drink alcohol and barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start. Well, Hair of the dog. <laughs> well, Slacks went whitewater rafting yesterday. Yeah, we randomly. did. Uh, that was intense. That was intense. We decided we were going to have a little activity with uh, with our friends and we went whitewater rafting. I have bruises in place that I didn't know Do existed. You? Yeah, I've got bruises like everywhere and I'm really stiff really? and sore. I'm really yeah. stiff. So three out of, no, sorry, two out of the three of us ended up falling into the water, Correct. which was pretty scary. I went under the boat. Which you was, went under the boat. I went under the boat for a hot minute and then I came out and had like a big nasal cleansing. So that was kind of good. <laughs> and then I looked back and everyone just was kind of staring at me when the guy threw the rope. I was, it was pretty embarrassing. I mean, I mean, it, no, did you, were you not embarrassed when you fell in? I was really shocked and disorientated when yeah, I fell into the water, yeah, but yeah. you know, I kind of, I got through it, but then what I thought was quite funny was five minutes after I fell into the water, <laughs> Matilda turns around and goes, holy shit, where's Darina? I was like, I'm behind it was, you. It was literally more like 10 minutes. <laughs> you did kind of look like a little child when you came back into the boat. You're like, where's my oar? I was like, really <laughs> like disorientated and a bit shocked and freezing. It but, was terrifying to watch from us on the boat because I was yeah. like, I don't see as many heads as the people that fell under. Yeah. Where are the people? And then yeah. some some of you were under the boat, which is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, you and oh, Kate. Kate was Kate under the boat. Kate properly went yeah. under the boat. But yeah, slacks went whitewater rafting. Sometimes we're activity lesbians. And yesterday we were... Not very often. No, not like I'm never a camping lesbian. And we won't be doing a trip like that. Sorry, I mean, guys. funnily enough, today we're going to talk about lesbian stereotypes. What do you mean, no camping? I'm not a camper. Lesbians love camping. Francesca, Address my, my partner loves camping, but I don't love camping. I love the idea of camping. I think the reality of it sounds horrific and something that will put me in the worst possible mood. Absolutely. I mean, what kind of camping are we talking about, though? Are we talking about, like, camping in the woods with your other half, with a romantic fire and all of that? Are yeah, on talk- a bed. I'm not on a that bed. On the ground. Yeah, I get the worst back in the morning, and I'm hot. You're suffocating in the tent. You're sweating. Like, it's the Bugs, noises. Bugs. Yeah. Wow. Foxes mating. That Fox. stuff sounds horrific. If you're at a festival, are the people mating? No, because when you're tent. at a festival, then you have crackheads next to you blasting music until six a.m. Or pissing on your tent. Guys, I am not an advocate. For we've camping. had, we've clearly have had these ex- these things happen to us. No, I hate. Okay, I hate festival camping. That is an absolute no-no for me. Romantic camping in the woods with somebody that you're into, I've never actually done. In so. a hut. Yes. With a floor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Exactly. With a floor and a bed that's raised off no, the ground. No, because you're in the middle of the woods. You have with to pitch a, a light tent. source. You're talking about glamping now, so we're going Absolutely. to Absolutely. With or, a freestanding bath at the end of the bed. <laughs> you're talking about a hotel. Or a, a cabin. With doors and walls. That's not camping. And windows. That's not <laughs> camping. So, as I said... Today, we're going to talk about lesbian stereotypes. I think we've just dived into one. Camping. No. We're, we're, I, I don't want to say no. Well, I mean... I'll say... And I hate festival camping. So let's talk about... Okay. Let's use the benchmark for camping. Lesbians love camping. Yes. Let's use the benchmark for camping as it's in the middle of the woods. You have to pitch your own tent, do your own fire. There's no toilet. There's no bath at the end of the bed. 
Matilda. I, I, like I feel like crying just listening to this. Yeah, news. I mean, but look, it's beautiful. I, I agree with you. It's nice, but I would choose to do something else. <laughs> anything we're gonna, else yeah, we're gonna take anything a poll else. in this room there is at least two out of the three of us who are not campers but if we were to bring some of our partners in or, or our friends i'm sure we'd probably be split 50 50 or, or maybe i more. would rather get a smear test and go <laughs> holy <laughs> shit fucked up wow it's true. Yeah. your feet and some stirrups that's your that's your idea of a good day i thought you you know being as an idea of a better day than camping. Yeah. <laughs> being italian i don't know italians you know italians in the world Camp, I don't know. Not camping, that's different. <laughs> right, right, right. Fair point. Um, so we we put a really awesome list together of some great lesbian stereotypes. I don't know if we yeah. could call them great, but they're well, certainly true to life. We we enlisted some of our friends and we were like, guys, lesbian stereotypes, and we got an interesting list. I can't say that it well, actually let's take them one by one. Let's do that. Okay. First on the list is all lesbians love and need cats in their lives. Love and need. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know the need part was in there. Okay. I mm, I can't say I need cats. I do love them. You're though. obsessed with cats. Let's be honest. I'm obsessed Let's with a little bit harsh. Honest. Just because. <laughs> hmm, just because I was in a restaurant Jesus. last night that had a cat, and I spent more time with the cat than I did with the friends that I was with. You were probably. very distracted. Oh, but she was so beautiful, can, though. Can we just take a poll? So the two girls that are sitting in front of me both have had cats or have a cat. Correct. Yes. So, there you go. Yeah, but you're saying that with your puppy sat in the corner. So maybe it's just like a lesbians love pets thing rather than... There, I, is, there is an actual... I for do, the benefit of the listeners, I there do, is an actual puppy in the corner. Yeah, there is. Bear. She's adorable. Um, I do think there is something to be said about lesbians liking cats, though. Like, the more and more... I don't know if there's facts behind this. I would love to look up the numbers. But every time I meet a new lesbian, I feel like they have a cat. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, you know, what we're saying is oh, lesbians love cats. And what we instinctively want to say is that's not true. But <laughs> let's be perfectly honest, it probably is. Yeah, we know a lot of lesbians with cats. And we do a lot of them with more than one cat. But that being yes. said as well, we also know a lot of females with cats. So maybe, maybe it's a feline it's, thing. Maybe I don't, it's a woman thing. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't actually know that many straight people. So I, don't know. I don't think I have much That's of a basis okay. of comparison. <laughs> you know, um, I was speaking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago and she was saying that we were talking about cats. She's straight. But um, she was saying that um, she hates cats, absolutely can't stand them. And someone that she knows who is a little bit of a clairvoyanty type person, a little bit alternative sort of whatever vision said, well, um, that's very interesting that you hate cats. You know what that means? And she's like, no, I don't know what that means. Well, it means that you're you're not comfortable with the feminine part of yourself because oh. cats represent a feminine part of yourself. And if, you, if you're someone that hates cats, you're someone, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but you're someone that um, refuses your feminine side. So is this a bad time to say I'm not a fan of cats? <laughs> Are you not? I'm really not. I don't trust their energy. Thing Whoa. is, I do like them. I love Ed. Mm. Ed's adorable. And I love Bo. Ed is my the... cat, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I like the cats Bo that I meet. Bo is my child of divorce cat. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> trust the energy of cats because I feel like one second they're rubbing up against you and they're nice. And the next second you pet them in the wrong place and then they claw your face off. But that maybe it's because you're not, you didn't grow up with a cat. True, because my mother hates cats. Mm. It's they a need to be understood. Well, you didn't stand a chance then, really, to be fair, if your yeah, mom hates true. cats. Mm, they need to true. be understood because 
they're harder to understand and to get to know than dogs. And they don't give they're you love in the same way that dogs That's do. That's true. Dogs are a bit needier. Okay. They're kind of a bit more, you know. So anyway. I think we could probably say that lots of lesbians like cats, but it's far from a lesbian, a true lesbian stereotype. Yes, I agree. Okay. okay. What's right. the next stereotype on the list? On the so... Next stereotype is U-hole, which is a very American term, obviously. But what it means, it it's a concept that isn't just an American lesbian concept. And it's, I think, an overall lesbian concept, which is we tend to move in together pretty quick. And the, and the stereotype itself and the, way, and the reason why it's called U-Haul is U-Haul is a company in the US. I was just going to say, should we review what U-Haul is? Yeah, so U-Haul is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is a yeah. company in the US that helps you move house. Exactly. So it's you haul. So basically you rent a truck and you personally rent the truck and then you drive it, do all the moving yourself. Or the hauling. Or the, exactly. Or the hauling. And then you move into your um, respective new girlfriend's home within a week or two. Possibly. Or on a second date. Or on the second date. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to say that this one is, is an incorrect stereotype. I it's think. pretty correct. I think it's, it's pretty. pretty correct? I think it's pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why do we think that women move in sooner, or why is it a stereotype for women? Like gay, like gay. You don't ever hear gay men you hauling it. You have straight couples who move in quite quickly, but it is a thing known in the lesbian community. In, yeah. Why do we do it? I think maybe it's because um. I don't know if I've ever truly done it, to be honest. So maybe I'm going against the stereotype, but I think the people that do do it, it's like women together kind of have more of a nesting thing, I think. And they're yeah. more like a comfort want to thing. build yeah. like a home together. So if you're both kind of on the same page at the same time and you're both like, you know, doing the thing where you're like staying over at each other's houses, like, you're like every this night is of easier. the week, you're let's like, save well, money. let's just, yeah, oh, yeah, which is the worst reason to ever yeah. move in with anyone, mm, which yeah. is convenience or saving money or any of those things that are other than, I just love you and want to spend all my time with you, etc. Blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's entirely true. I, I would say I'm not a U hauler. I mean, Chess and I took two years to move in t- with each other, but we were each other's first partners to actually live. Like, we, I, we've never lived with any other partner before. And for us, we found it. Um, you know, we were both a bit nervous to move in with each other. Mm. Um, but I do know a lot of lesbians who have moved in. I've been really surprised by the, um, speed at which some of our friends have moved in together. It's like three months, four months, six months. I'm like, you haven't even gotten out of the sex phase yet. Like, how do you know that this relationship is going to be sustainable? Probably exactly why maybe some lesbians want to move in together quickly because it's really, really good and everything's good. And it's like, well, let's continue continue the goodness and just be together all of the time and then you're trapped by moving in together <laughs> and then you're trapped but what do you think i don't know i think we're both anti-u-haulers so. yeah yeah i'm anti it definitely um i think whenever i hear of friends whether whether it's lesbian friends or straight friends moving in very quickly i always kind of get a slight alarm bell going mm. um just because i think it's a lot of pressure to put on to two people quite early on and to put onto a relationship mm. um you know, when you live together, you kind of is a little bit warts and all. So mm. the mystery can only last so long right. unless you have a massive mansion and you have separate bathrooms and, you know, that, all that wonderful space, space, which is, you know, pretty impossible in London unless you're a billionaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, chances are you're going to see each other in, in a variety of states, which is great. But I think 
at the, fir- the first few months, that's going to put a lot of pressure on a relationship. So I don't yeah. think it's a great idea. This said, sometimes it makes sense. How long did it take you and your partner to move in? I can't remember exactly. I think it took... A- I remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember whether it was six months or a year. Was it a year? I think it was closer to... a big to- gap of time to not remember. I think it was like 10 months or something. Okay. Nine, 10 months. That is healthy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more of a U-hauler than me. I don't know about Doreen. I was definitely nervous but not because of the relationship I was nervous because the flat I own the flat we live in and it was my hard won hard earned space my own space um and I was quite nervous to move someone in into my own space because I was nervous of a feeling crowded into my own house um but also just becoming I just wanted that other person to feel at home and, and I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do that very well because mm. it's my own space and all of my stuff is in there and it's not a massive place. So I was just worried that um, she was always going to feel like a guest and all of that kind of stuff. And obviously that's just me being paranoid. No, I don't think it's you being paranoid at all because I think it's a, actually a very valid consideration and, and part of you hauling is, well, when you you haul where are you going to live? And I think when one partner has their own flat and it's theirs and they live, you know, alone and it's full of their stuff and you're moving a partner into what is your space and not a neutral space and that can be, I think, quite difficult to navigate and something I have thought about in the in the past is that if I was to live with if I was to live with somebody again, that maybe it might be a good idea for us to move together into like a more neutral space rather than somebody living with me in my space, just so everybody feels like it's a shared experience and it's not somebody moving into somebody else's home. Yeah. I mean, Tess and I had a similar situation. She moved into my flat uh, at first and and I really, you know, because I'm obsessed with interior stuff. So I like decked it out when I moved. And I think when she came in, I was like, oh, are you sure you want to put that there? Or yeah. are you sure? You... <laughs> I was the asshole. I'm going to fully admit it. Yeah. Um, and then slowly, you know, things kind of transitioned. But yeah. I think it's a very human, normal thing in a relationship to kind of go through that. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, it it is, you know, to, to both of your points, I think quite difficult to navigate when, when it's somebody else's space and you're trying to move somebody else into it, which is kind of why I think if you're doing that in a relationship when you've only been together like six months or so, then how do you even navigate that? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You're still learning how to communicate very well with each other and that just kind of ramps everything up. And, mm. so, and you know, some people can do it really well and some people I think will struggle mm. through it. And I think to your point as well, Matilde, that the beginning of a relationship, I think, is just so special. And it's mm-hmm. so like, it's so nice to have that time where it's, a, it's you know, I know relationships get better over time and they evolve over time. But that first like, yeah. like six months is just so awesome because everything of, yeah. is great. And there's a lot of mystique. And there's a lot of mystique yeah. and like all of these things. It's like, I quite enjoy the whole like, oh, am I going to go to yours or do you want to come to mine? Do you want to spend the weekend at mine? I kind of want to savor that time. I yeah. don't necessarily want to, even though I have been tempted before, um, to kind of rush ahead with that and, and move in with somebody. Because again, to your point, Matilde, things get real pretty quickly yeah. and there's shared bathrooms and all of those things. And there's who's going to buy the toilet paper and like all of that stuff. When I think maybe you should savor like the first maybe year, year and a half of just really slowly getting to know each other and all of those things. So I think our advice is 
Don't move in right away. So what's next on the list? Next item on the list is in every lesbian relationship, there needs to be a butch and a femme. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's false. That's false. It's definitely false. Someone yeah. that plays the guy and someone that plays the girl. That's so fucking annoying. That's to me, stupid. at least, because... I think being a lesbian, the reason I'm a lesbian, not the reason I just am, I was born this way. So, but I like that you're two girls. That is literally it. I've never thought, oh, I'm going to try to have a partner in place or to have this kind of male female dichotomy. Absolutely. And I think there are some lesbian couples where maybe they would actually say of themselves, oh yeah, I'm the butch one, I'm the femme one. But that's, that's because that's their thing and that's what they want to do. I think it's, there are some couples that want to do that and that's what they fit into and how they identify and all of that. I think it's to say that it's a stereotype and every lesbian relationship is like that is just completely and entirely. And false. it's such a moronic question as well. Who's the guy in your relationship? Actually, that brings me to the story of when I was at the airport with Francesca and the border control guy um, asked us because he didn't really understand where to place us. And Francesca is your fiance. Francesca is my fiance, correct? And when he he looked at the two of us and he first thought, well, I'm sure he thought to himself, oh, these girls must be sisters because we both have curly hair. But he said, what, <laughs> what is your relationship? And we said, we're partners. And he kind of looked at us and looked down again at the passports and looked up again. And he said, oh, okay, well, um, are you guys married? Because we went through the queue together. And we said, no, we're not married, but we will be married soon. And he said, huh. So which one of you is going to wear a dress and which one's going to wear the suit? And I kind of looked at him and we were both exhausted coming off of this flight. And, and we were both and kind of looked at each other. And it was just it was an annoying question. But also, I guess I kind of understood it. I mean, he looked like he was incredibly amused by the two of us. But also, I just felt the need to kind of educate him a little bit. And mm -hmm. I, I said to him, look, dude, we're, we're two girls. Like, we don't necessarily need to wear a suit. We're probably going to wear whatever we want to wear and that's really none of your fucking business i mean i didn't say that but i you know i kind of alluded to that and and i think francesca i mean she kind of added her little bits to that story as well but it is i think it is a um an assumption that two girls you're always going to have role playing and i think that there's got to be more education on on that, you know, and I think maybe some of our friends and our straight friends might think similarly as well, because there have been people or and I'm sure you have both had this where people just automatically assume that you gravitate towards one thing or the other. Like, I'm sure, Darina, you have a lot of people who think you're good at DIY. <laughs> True or <laughs> false. you have short hair. Yeah. Oh, man, I am horrendous at DIY. Exactly, exactly. And I and I really don't love when people are like, oh, you must wear the pants in the relationship or the trousers, whatever. Mm. Um, and, and it's just not true because everyone excels yeah. at different things and you and that's why you have a partnership. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's not pleasant to be stereotyped in any way, shape or form, I think, and for someone to look at you and your relationship and make assumptions so i think you know if if that's your thing then that's your thing if you want to wear a dress or a pantsuit or whatever just just do your thing it's not a stereotype there's no butchers and femmes anymore everybody loves who they love true do you amen think amen <laughs> do you think there's such a thing as self-stereotyping so if you're in a lesbian relationship and you happen to you know wear trousers and have short hair do you think there are people that have internal pressure to act in a certain way that maybe doesn't feel natural to them just because they think that's my role in this relationship. My girlfriend's got long hair, therefore I must be doing this. Maybe. I wonder. Maybe. 
I don't think I feel that pressure. I think in my relationship, we kind of, I don't know, I feel like we cover all bases. I'm good at certain things. She's good at other things. She's got short hair, it doesn't make a difference. Mm. And I think the main thing is that you, you, you know, you kind of cover all bases. If something needs to be done in the house, you know, I'll, I'll cook her a meal while she's fixes something. And then on the other way around, I can't think of an example now, but there's other stuff that would be more stereotypically on the other side. And yeah, we also get, get done. Exactly. In, in like, you know, if I was married to a man, let's say, um, I don't think that I would be the one gravitating towards the cooking. I think I'd probably be the one gravitating towards doing stuff in the house. Yeah. Still, mm. and when I did have a boyfriend back in the day, I did. And he always thought, he never minded cooking for me, and I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a little housewife. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, and, and so there's that. People are just people. Do you want to come to my house and do my DIY? Because I'm awful at it. I mean, it. I'm really not that good at DIY. I'm just oh. good at pretending I'm good at it. Okay. But that's an art in it, so. Well, there you go. I'm a bullshitter. <laughs> I think for me, um, also, it's such an non-issue, because I grew up with a mum who literally got all of the DIY done, did some of the cooking, although she doesn't like it, but did a fair bit of the cooking, all of the DIY, anything that was physical that had to get done, she did it. And my dad um, didn't. So for me, I've just grown up with this example of my mum fixing stuff and, and, you know, with a wrench somewhere or, or putting together Ikea furniture or fixing a toilet or that kind of stuff all the time. So it's just a complete non-issue. Yeah. Does your mom want to come to my house and do my DIY? <laughs> she would love it. Great. That's set I'm date. sure she would love to. Cool. So I think we are going to decide that that is a false. Yep. That's a false. All right. Time. Cool. Um, next one on the list is a really sad one. I hate thinking of this one. Um, and all lesbians hate men. False. Completely false. False, false, false. False and sad. Sad Com- and false. Completely false, but I can see see maybe where this stereotype has come from possibly um i think in 2018 the three of us are exceptionally privileged to live in the society that we live in now it wasn't always particularly easy for women who are not straight to exist within society Mm -hmm. and to have the uh, male portion of society give them a lot of shit to be quite frank and to possibly earn that stereotype i know that we've come like leaps and bounds and again we're very lucky to live in the society in which we live in but i'm sure for many years that and again i don't want to perpetuate stereotypes but men were possibly not very kind towards women who are not straight and that's possibly where that stereotype has come from yeah and like you said you know to your point uh, a lot of societies uh you know might have hurt lesbian women or mm-hmm. you know um like i know so me being middle eastern or half middle eastern um my father has never been a fan of my being gay um mm-hmm. but i know that if i was born maybe if i was a 30 something in the 80s this might be a bigger problem we wouldn't even be doing this show by the way no you wouldn't even know i was gay there would be there would be, there would be no such thing as a like, podcast the three of us would not know each other no and we would probably not be out and proud you'd you be know? very much married I to I a guy be. yeah i probably would be married to a guy 100 percent. yeah and i'd learn how to cook i would not be married to a guy i, I you'd have lots it. of cats you'd have shit loads of cats oh my god you would be the fucking crazy cat lady i wouldn't be a crazy cat lady <laughs> i would be you know out and proud and probably you know just doing my thing yeah i'm too gay to just not even be able to hide it to be quite I'm, honest. I'm very gay as well i just think that don't underestimate the power of cultures 
because I think that coming from, um, you know, a culture like uh, Iraqi and um, even my mother's side, uh, Spanish culture, the nuclear family is incredibly important. And um, the pressure that you get from, you know, these cultures is immense. And I think that um, had I not, I guess, had I not... Um, been born now it would be a different situation patriarchy is strong yeah it is but that being said i love men and i have a great father and we have you know got good brothers we've got good friends so it's not true yeah not true we definitely don't hate men um but i guess maybe we can see where that stereotype has come from because it hasn't always been particularly easy for women like us and you know in general and possibly some of that has been directed by men How about this one? All lesbians don't wear makeup or shave their armpits. False. False on all (laughs) counts here. I love makeup. Each to their own. Again, I think what we're talking about is that it is so wrong to say that it's a generalization, it's a stereotype that that those two things apply to a whole section of society. But if someone doesn't want to wear makeup or doesn't want to shave their armpits, then go for it. I know more straight women that don't shave their armpits. Yeah, enough said. Yeah, I mean, there's been like, um, so my partner's, she has a a group of friends for a while, they weren't shaving their armpits. And I was like, that's fucking rad. And I'm like, maybe I'll do it. And then I thought about it more. And I'm like, no, no, I won't. Not for you. I like shaved armpits. (laughs) But I think it's cool. Like whatever you choose. Um, And yeah, lots of lesbians wear makeup. Yeah, definitely. False. 100% false. False. I agree completely. Oh, this one's painful to hear uh lesbian sex isn't real sex uh, uh, false i mean wait wait no as in true lesbian sex is real sex let's, um, <laughs> let's explain it so what do we mean when we say lesbian sex isn't real when we say the stereotype of lesbian sex isn't real sex i think a lot of people think that if there's no penetration with a penis then it's not considered sex yeah. Which is just horrifically wrong, right? Let's be honest. But I have met, uh, I have met someone before who was not straight. She was, I think, bisexual, and she considered herself a virgin because she'd only had sex with women. Yeah, and I was like, um, incorrect <laughs> on that. But There's she felt very strongly about that. She was like, "Well, I am a virgin because I've never had sex with a man." I'm like, "But you've had sex with women," and she's like, "Yeah, but you know." Virgin, but there's like, we talked about this, I think, briefly in the first episode. But you know, there's a lot of people who don't think having anal sex is sex, and I was like, that is way more intrusive. Jesus Christ, definitely, really, definitely, yes, yeah, yeah, there are, and and and, and actually, I think so it's in, I think stupid. it's in some Eastern cultures. And forgive me if I've just you know said something wrong, but I, I kind of feel like that's true because having Catholic sex, coaches as well, yeah, big time. A lot of people are like, anal sex is not sex. I'm like, oh, because the hymen, <laughs> because the hymen is intact, therefore yes, you still exactly, have virgin. Exactly. Well said. Um, but yeah, no, lesbian sex is in fact sex. True story. I mean, I think we're all in agreement with that absolutely, one. Absolutely, absolutely. So that stereotype is false. false. How about a stereotype about bisexuals? Because I think they need a shout out in this too. Yeah. And I think the biggest one that there is about bisexuals is that they just want to have sex with everything that moves. (laughs) They just can't pick. They just want it all. So therefore they call themselves bisexuals. False. I mean, it's absolutely false. It's ridiculous. And it's quite insulting, I think, on top of that as well. Yeah. I think it must be actually really quite difficult to be, if you're a woman who identifies as bisexual, because... I think certain lesbians possibly can't 
always be that kind towards bisexuals because it's like, oh, you're just being greedy or you're, you know, you haven't just, you're on a journey. You're not, yeah, you yeah, haven't you're bisexual come out now. as a lesbian yet. Exactly, you're bisexual now, but, you know, in like five years time, you'll be a lesbian. And, and sometimes that does happen. I've met women who, when we've met first, have been identified as bisexual. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they're like only dating women and they identify as a lesbian. I think, you know, the prevailing point is that people should be able to identify how they identify. No one should be really given a bad rap for it. And I think for someone to say, oh, you're bisexual and therefore you'll get up on anything is just really, to your point, Matilda, frankly insulting and utterly false. Sleep with whoever you, with whoever you want to sleep with. and Yeah. Just and don't I, be a dick to people. Don't be an, yeah. don't be an no, asshole. No, but I think, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I think you and I at some point, maybe, could have considered ourselves bisexual because in the quest to choosing the lesbian fork in the road, you know, we have been with men and we've had relationships with men and slept with men. So, you know, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that that has just been your experience and, yeah. and that I'm sure will be other people's experience. But to say that it is always the case definitively no. is, of course, But there's, there are a lot of bisexual women who choose to be with men. And I think more than not, they. I mean, again, and, and this is a generalization, but I, I guess from some of the bisexual women I know tend to end up with men in the long run. But but that's not to say but that's still for identify everybody. as bisexual. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. So anyway, so it's false. 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 Lesbians use strap-ons every time they have sex. That not is, every time. That is way too uh, hard. Time. That is too hard work. I'm sorry. That is way too every hard. Every single time? Could um, you imagine? False stereotype, obviously. Yeah, that's terrifying. It makes me feel quite tired just thinking about right? it. Right? <laughs> also, like, what the fuck? No one does that. Good core exercises, though. How often do you have to wash that thing anyway? Every like, time you t- use it. No, I know. But, like, <laughs> if you did it all the time just with that, you'd spend your life washing that thing. Ugh. Put it in the dishwasher. That's why I say. No, you can't put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> Hang on. We're going to have a barbecue at your house after this. Yeah. Have, you, have you put yours in the dishwasher recently? I've seen a no. row. I've seen a row of at least four in the dishwasher already. <laughs> no. Okay, guys, you're so funny. Um, No, but you know, I think the whole thing with dildos is it's like, it's a lot of hard work. You've got to get it into the straps, then you got to get your like legs into the harness. And, you know, for all those non-DIY lesbians out there, it's complicated. It can also be a little bit of a passion killer, I think. Totally, I agree with you. I think you take a minute and you're like, oh... Yeah, you're like, oh, I was really hot and ready. (laughs) Should we just just have a snack instead? Yeah, (laughs) cup of tea. Cup of tea. I've got a great book I'm reading at the moment. Do you mind if I just go back to it? Yeah, they should have Uber for strap-ons. Where the moment you're in the right time, you just quickly Uber a strap-on, ready to go. That's kind of and it comes to your door. Comes to your door. Comes to your door. <laughs> TM. Okay, what's next? Um, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I think we've got more to go on this one. Really? Yeah. Give me a minute. Uh... So, the stere- so the stereotype is that every time lesbians have sex, that they have sex with, they strap on. That is incorrect, most definitely. And I think to address the stereotype that every time we have sex, we use a strap on. And then also to address the fact that lesbians must have sex with a strap on in order to like fill some sort of gap or something. Mm. Yeah, which is false. Which is false. Do you think we need to explain what a strap on is? Oh, maybe. For I mean, I think a lot of people... Okay, maybe not. I think Matilda should do it. I think you should do it. You look excited. I am excited. Okay. But mentally excited, not physically or sexually excited. <laughs> Just wanted Glad to... Glad you clarified. <laughs> okay, so what is a strap on? A strap on is, is made of a couple of parts. 
One is a harness. Could be leather. Could be pleather. Who knows? Go for the leather, though. Let's go leather. Let's leather. go. Hell for leather. That shit. Yeah. Hell for leather. Um, and that's one part. That's tra- that um, harness. Harness. That's what they do. They go onto your body and you pass your legs through it and strap it on. Um, the part that goes, the other part that goes in there between your legs, so to speak, it's a big old rubber dildo. Is it rubber? Is it latex? Big and old. What are they made of? No, not old. I think there's sometimes a... big can be big. Then make an old one, buy a new one. I Jesus. think they're made out of a lot of materials for all of those, you know, because all of us are different. So there's lots of materials for crystal, every woman. gold. They come in crystal and gold. Wood. That sounds painful. Wood. <laughs> Splinters. <laughs> but really well polished. No, there's no wood. No. There's no I mean may, there might be wood, but maybe, maybe back in the day. Maybe back in the day. Actually, I, I think like there were there actually were. Yeah, like they steam were. operated. Yeah, no, they were. <laughs> <laughs> but besides dildos, by the way, we didn't even talk about this. All of the other toys out there. And a lot of women do use other toys and have. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And sometimes bringing a vibrator into into the situation can be kind of nice when you're tired. You got to have a bag of tricks. You got to have a bag of tricks. We have a bag of tricks. It's fun to have a bag of tricks. It's fun to shop for a bag of tricks. Can I just say, Dorina so you... is squirming in the corner. <laughs> Dorina's like trying to get out of the situation. I... No, we're just. I'm fine. <laughs> Do you have good. a bag of tricks? Rita, she does not look fine. I have a bag of tricks. Yes, of course. Yeah, this is exactly. fun. Actually, Francesca had a bag of tr- tricks before I even had a bag of tricks, and then we created our own bag of tricks. A trunk, a, bag of tricks. Of tricks. a trunk of tricks. A trunk of tricks. Maybe we should do like a little giveaway. If anyone wants to sponsor us and like give us a bag of tricks, we'd be quite happy. Maybe I'll just keep it because clearly I don't have one. No, maybe we should test them and then rate them out of five. Oh, that's a great idea. Why am I doing it? I mean, we could all offer. (laughs) You just offered to take it. Yeah. I don't want it. We could all like you like try, you know, have three of like the same, you know, trick. What are we calling it? Item. And then compare it. I mean, obviously not share them because it's disgusting. But put them in your dishwasher. No! (laughs) Moving on from the dishwasher. Great. So wash them, maybe not in your dishwasher, but, you know, why not try it? I reckon it'll work. And Dee's missing a bag of tricks, apparently. Yeah, but the moral of the story is not all lesbians use dildos all the time. That is not the only way to have sex. That's frankly exhausting and just no. Um, But, you know, we can use sex toys. And again, you don't do it all the time. It's just as and when. As and when, no stereotype, false. False. What's next on the magic list? The last one is there is such a thing as lesbian bed death. Yeah, that's true. Can we explain what lesbian bed death is? Yes, go for it. I think you. you oh, me. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So, lesbian bed death is when um, it's with you know, as the term says, the couple may go through a dry spell uh, with having sex or just not have sex altogether. Um, ever again ever again I mean and I think that's a little bit dramatic but if a couple is not having sex ever again then most likely that relationship will never exist ever again but you know a lot of relationships I think go through periods where they're chilling and they're not necessarily having sex all the time and that is completely normal totally and I think you know we've all actually when you read out Matilda lesbian bed death we all kind of nodded knowingly but I think any relationship, any long-term relationship, be it straight or gay or somewhere in between or whatever, will probably go through dry patches. 
Absolutely. And I think it's really important to communicate. I think communication is is the key in, in this because yeah. a lot of people like to skirt around it or don't really want to address the situation. And I think that sex um, is very similar to uh, it, it's like a muscle. You have to exercise it in mm-hmm. a way, um, you know, and, 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 and you have to make an effort to do it. I mean, if you've been in a relationship for five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 20 years, um, you know, sex isn't going to be how it was in the first few years of your relationship. I mean, that's just a given. Um, but I think that, um, you know, if anything, I think it gets better, but you have to, you have to make a concerted effort to yeah. hmm. cater to it. Totally. And I think once it falls away, it's harder to get it back. So I think it's, it needs to be a consistent, it needs to be communicated consistently and everybody has to be happy with where you're at. Now, some couples might be completely fine with having sex three, four times a year. And I think it only becomes a problem if one person in the couple... <laughs> Mallory just mouthed, wow, at me. <laughs> like I'm sure some people do, yeah. do do no, that. No, you're right. No, you're right. But you're it right. only becomes a problem if one party in the relationship has a problem with it, yeah. I think. Because some people might be happy with that. Yeah, some, that's very true. As long as both partners are happy with the amount of sex that is happening. But, I mean, that said, I think... For me personally, I think all forms of intimacy are hugely paramount in a relationship and that's emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. And if I'm missing one of those things, then it just doesn't work for me. You're not happy. Yeah. You can't be happy. Just to clarify, lesbian bed death doesn't mean sort of dry spells as such. Lesbian bed death is that stereotype of two women in a lesbian relationship with face masks on, a cucumber on their eyes, in bed next to each other, not touching and pretty much and never having sex ever again so it's literally the death of the bed yeah um and whilst dry spells are normal and healthy and it happens you know healthy or not who's to, to judge but that you know it's normal in any couple the stereotype is that lesbians after an, an initial time of having sex eventually all relationships go and become completely sexless. Well, and I guess that kind of contributes to why I've noticed within the lesbian community, it's a lot easier for women just to become friends. So that that lesbian bed death, you know, I think that's kind of one of the interesting things about lesbian relationships, because you obviously love the person a lot. You're, you were with them for a reason. Um, and then that can quite organically turn into a friendship. You or know. flatmates. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what happens sometimes. But I mean, the the point that I made earlier is that some people in a couple might be, if both parties are happy with that and they're happy with having maybe other forms of intimacy and not physical intimacy, as long as they're both happy with that, then, you know, it, it's, it's fine. It's both working for them. Yeah. It only becomes a problem if one of the two is like, I'm quite happy not having sex or rarely having sex. And the other person is like, actually, I want to have sex a lot more than what we're having or I'm missing the fact that we're having physical intimacy. And I think that leads to very significant problems. Um, But to say that lesbian bed death is an absolute thing and that it happens in every lesbian relationship, I think, is false. But it's neither a complete but, myth. Yeah, it's not but a it's myth. But it's not a complete myth It's not either. a myth, yeah. But it's not a complete myth for any relationship. I agree, or, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of straight friends who go through points when they don't have sex. And I think you've got, if you really want to keep the relationship, there's got to be a form of fostering to that. 
physicality Definitely. or that side of it or that emotional side of mm. it or you know but a lot of times those are inter interlinked mm-hmm. um and again it comes back to your point mallory which is communication yeah so communication both, communication communication if you're both happy then you're, then you're, you're good to go but when yeah. one party isn't happy and they start to maybe find that fill that gap elsewhere or you know then you're in trouble and i think that you know it's not an embarrassing thing to talk about i think it, it happens in a lot of relationships and people don't really like to talk about it we're here to tell you that it is normal and it happens and it's fine and the more people talk about it the more it becomes normalized and and you don't feel like you're the only one or is something that there's something wrong with you whatever it's just something that you just gotta discuss and yes we're here to tell you that it's normal and work it's at normal. it it is normal and work at it and communicate. And as long as both of you are happy, then that's all that matters. Guys, that's the bottom of the list. No more stereotypes. It? Yeah. I feel like our voices have improved as we've gone on. I no yeah. longer feel like croaky and slightly hungover. And that lemsip definitely kicked in. What's your story, Matilda? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Excellent. Well, if there are any other stereotypes that we have missed, feel free to email us at... Slackspodcast at gmail.com. Amazing. <laughs> Equally, if you would like to sponsor that bag of tricks that we talked about earlier, then I'm sure we can find a home. Doreen, I want a bag of tricks. I don't really want a bag of tricks. I mean, I wouldn't turn down a bag of tricks. I'll get free tricks. <laughs> so next week, um, we are going to be discussing Gaydar. Gaydar. Do we possess it? What is Gaydar? Does it exist? Do we have it? Does it work? That's it. What do you think? Dorita's looking at us like, what is Gator? (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk about that next time. All right. Thanks for joining everybody. Catch you next time. Bye. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.